Hey everyone, Leslie here. Thank you so much for staying subscribed. While I've had to take a bit of time off due to an ongoing uh, illness, long COVID, I do not recommend it. But thank you all so much for uh, your love and support. Uh, lots of people have hit me up on the DM, on Twitter, all that good stuff. But again, thank you so much for staying uh, subscribed to the show. We're going to keep on rolling on the show. We're going to keep on rolling. We got a great episode coming up. I'm recording a new episode of Vampire Castle with Jamie Peck this afternoon, in fact. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Jack and Mike Mitchell where they talked about Megan and Cabin in the Woods. Personally, I actually liked both of those movies a lot. I loved Megan. I thought I thought she slayed, uh, frankly. And as far as Cabin in the Woods goes, look, people are saying M. Night Shyamalan is back. Baby, he never left. This last little run he's had, old, glass, split, the visit. The man looks unstoppable right now, but that's just my take. Hit me up with your opinions on voicemail at sesh.show. Today, we got a great, great episode for you. I just got done listening to it myself. Aaron and Jack, they dive into the world of Star Trek once again. This time, Captain Janeway's crew, Star Trek Voyager. They also get into all those new Star Trek shows on Paramount Plus, from Discovery to the Rick and Morty S cartoon to the Brave New Worlds that people are saying is pretty close to original Star Trek. Anyway, it's a fascinating discussion. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. On with the show. to another uh, episode of Sesh Trek, uh, our, you know, uh, periodic uh, foray into the world of Star Trek. We're kind of running out of good Star Trek to even look at, because we'll, we'll talk about this, uh, uh, you know, we'll talk about this shortly. I'm joined, of course, by Aaron Borg posting, uh, Star Trek expert um, <laughs> of Sesh Trek. Good to, good to see you again. Good to see you again, too, Jack. And I really appreciate the um, Star Trek expert, because I have not watched the original series, so... I feel oh, you like haven't. no, I haven't. I feels like we'll talk about it too because I feel like the show mm -hmm. and you actually brought it up in the text. The show kind of evokes some of the adventurism and like comedy and lightness from the original. Mm -hmm. But uh, even though I have not watched it, thank you for calling me a Star Trek expert. <laughs> well, you watch you watch some of the some of it though. I, I remember I, I, I weren't, weren't you watching some of it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, maybe some of the, done, some done of the, the whole first thing. and second season. 
Cool. I mean, there only are two seasons. Oh yeah, there only are the, two seasons of the original series. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe you're maybe you're further along than you think. Yeah, uh, right, but right. they are kind of long. They are long seasons. Um, but I guess all this stuff is all the Star Trek seasons are long. So today, uh, as we're uh, first of all, we you and I were talking on text about this. Um, this is getting close to the end of Sesh Trek because, yeah. and I'm not trying to be a jerk about this i know some people like them or you whatever can be a jerk about it jack it's fine i it's i fine. can't do these fucking kurtzman star treks i can't do them i, I can't do the modern star trek you know i, can't uh, do the sleek. I really tried i can't do the sleek yeah, the, the sleekness of it because as leslie says matt you know in sleek those are indications of where matt is an indication of a shitty sci-fi show and yeah or in let sleek it sorry in this show these shows kurtzman shows unfortunately man they're uh they're too shiny for my taste man the gloss, the gloss, the gloss and, and, the, and the post uh, the post lens flares they've added to it. I mean, man, like Discovery, that, that pilot episode of Discovery, and Discovery is a bizarre show. You know, yeah. we're, we're today going to be talking about Voyager, but let's just do a little sidetrack here into, into these Kurtzman ones. I did a full watch of all Star Trek. I, I started with original series and I did the entire thing in air date order in like a weird sort of OCD, you know, <laughs> have to watch it all. And I, I watched the movies like in the order where they would have been released Were in the show. Like four I really original movies? There are six, six. of original Holy series. Shit. But then but then when you're watching when you're into nineties Trek, you know it gets to, I, I did them all in air date order. So like at when when Deep Space Nine was sort of interspersed with ne, with Next Generation, I was watching like a Next Generation, a Deep, Deep Space, Space Nine. Nine. That was like for three or and four episodes, like, right? That was like for a season for, about, right? Maybe. I think it was for a couple seasons. Couple I think that was seasons. for like oh, maybe shit. the first first two seasons, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um and then and then toward the end of Deep Space Nine, it's interact it's interspersing with Voyager. Yeah. And then there's also next generation movies coming out like during that time too. So I did the whole thing in air date order i watched all of original series i watched the animated series i watched the original movies i did all 90s trek in its weird sort of you know interspersing order i got up to kurtzman trek i tried <laughs> i watched the first two seasons of discovery i watched picard and i have a completionist streak with watching things yeah, you know yeah. i like to watch the entire series of things this was one where i was like i don't have to do this I'm to myself i'm stopping here i don't need to do <laughs> this any longer this is like making me upset to watch so like i'm not getting pleasure yeah. out of continuing to watch this it's making me unhappy like actually i felt my mood like getting Sour. worse in my, like, so. in my life <laughs> in my life in my whole life i was like i'm just in a worse mood You're now just that frowning I'm watching. And people like what's wrong just curse and truck man <laughs> i'm like it's fucking discovery i don't know if you've seen this show discovery i i i don't know discovery you know i understand that people like Strange New World, um, I could definitely see if the itch gets you know bad enough. Mm -hmm. That's the one I could see myself like maybe going back and trying. Because it's, you know, it's a little less. I mean, let me ask you a question too. Because Picard, so it, the Christmas Treks, I feel like Picard. Even though I haven't watched it, I tried to watch the first episode, watch half of it. Y'all turn that shit off. Just the mood was off. But I feel like Picard is more offensive in a way. Because it is directly connected. Like, I know all these shows are supposed to yeah. take place in the same tr timeline or try to sort them out to make them make sense. But it's like Patrick Stewart playing Jean-Luc Picard. I cannot divorce in my mind the beloved Next Generation 
from whatever the fuck they're trying to do. Discovery, I could at least be okay. That's not. I mean, I not that I've watched Discovery either, but like that just is not Star Trek at all. Now, I'm not trying to be like I don't like to be a super continuity freak or uh, whatever. You know, Discovery does have the problem of just one. It is so not the format of what Star Trek is. Like it so misses what these shows are about. And you know, obviously Kurtzman is like a Transformers movie writer guy, and he did some of the JJ Treks, which are also horrible. Except for the third one. The third, the third into you know, not into darkness, but beyond, beyond. which is not was not by JJ. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's something that's kind of fun and forgivable about yeah. that one. That one does kind of work. Um but yeah, be, but but Discovery has a problem of like being format wise wrong. But then also the continuity dork in me is like this is a prequel to original series, yeah. and they are able to use spore technology um to hey, like warp around the whole universe. You know like, who that would have helped out a lot? Who we're about to talk Voyager. about? Voyager. Uh, Voyager. Yeah, fucking hell, Jade way out a lot, yo. Yeah, and and they did like they did this weird thing where they're like you know. Uh, um Obviously, they they realized that everything in Discovery doesn't make sense canonically, and so they had, like, a inquest or something where, like, no one can ever talk about anything that ever happened on Discovery ever again. Like, they, like, you know, said that they could never talk about it again. But, yeah, I'm like, if you've got – not to be a dork about all this stuff, but I'm like, but if you've got the spore technology, like, go into the Delta Quadrant. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead and, like, just use the spores one more time and go save the folks from Discovery, you know, or from Voyager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, the thing about man that these these and we we talked about a little bit, but it's just like in terms of tone or just like the way it looks visually, I just feel like these shows are written by people, and maybe we've talked about this too with Leslie, just like that people people by people who don't like Star Trek, like at least lower decks, as you were saying, there's like mm-hmm. you know a fandom there, so they're paying like you know homage, right? But I yeah. just feel like these shows, like Discovery, Picard. And Strange New Worlds is probably a bit different because it does go back to the episodic sort of format of Star Trek and a little bit of the kind of tone of it. But yeah, I just feel like these people writing these shows don't like they don't like the original yeah. material, you know, the source material. I'm 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 not sure if it's the like the rank and file writers or if it's like the top level guys. Yeah. Like I'm like I know Kurtzman, my feeling anyway, is that Kurtzman doesn't care about Star Trek and doesn't like Star Trek very yeah. much. And so like I there could be guys that are writers on this show on these shows that like are so stoked to write Star Trek and then they're like not allowed to do it right or whatever. Yeah. And the rumor I heard about Strange New Worlds is that it was kind of like a side project and Kurtzman just like didn't oversee it as much and that's why it's like allowed to be a little bit more good. Okay, so they're, um, they're but like the you said, like, not being overseen by yeah, okay. Right. Uh, they're like off in their own little side thing. And like you said, like lower decks I don't like and I find extremely annoying. But it's like at least you can tell that it's trying to pay homage to Star Trek and stuff. Like I said to you on text, I'm like, to me, it feels like a shockwave web series of Star Trek, yeah. like actually would have existed in like 1999 or something. And so in that sense, it's like somewhat less offensive, except that it's like trying to purport to be a TV show when it kind of really isn't. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I watched the Deep Space Nine episode and I mean, that was really cute because sometimes they would bring in the DS9 score like, you know, for like during a scene or something like that. But I just don't like the Rick and Morty animation, man. I'm over adult yeah. fucking cartoons. And I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just wonder why can't we like Voyager really does feel like and we'll talk about it. But Voyager really does feel mm-hmm. like the last 
like I mean, this is the last ninety Star Trek, literally. But even Enterprise came after that, and just and yeah, it was short. It was a prequel, but it just didn't feel like Star Trek either. Even though I like yeah, I like Enterprise a little bit. Though. I'm not gonna lie. Enterprise. God, I guess we'll bounce around everywhere except Voyager <laughs> except first, Voyager. and then we'll finally get into <laughs> and then we'll get into Voyager. I will say about Enterprise, and we should probably do an Enterprise show episode oh, too. Sure. Is that I am kind of a defender even of enterprise and while it does feel totally different and it's trying to do this like 24 kind of thing and <laughs> yeah. obviously obviously it becomes all about space 9-11 honestly when you read all the sort of you know uh, uh post-mortems of enterprise a lot of the common you know take is that it gets good in the later seasons you know when it becomes but i kind of disagree honestly really? like i actually found the early seasons when they were doing slightly more episodic you know and i actually kind of liked i liked honestly bacula as a kind of like swashbuckling like happy-go-lucky like kind of closer to kirk that like that fit for him better for me as an actor than when he becomes like george w bush like we gotta get these people. fuckers <laughs> Like, yeah. And he's torturing people and it's all about fucking torture and all this kind of shit like that to me like I don't know like there are good episodes in those later seasons but you're, you and, know what? And you're, listen, right. You're, you're right though no, no, you're right because I told you that Cogenitor is one of my favorite episodes it's one of the Trek episodes that deals with like I mean indirectly I want to say queerness but like gender identity you know and sexual identity and that's like in the second season I think or the first season mm -hmm. and that is one of the best episodes of Star Trek I mean I think even other people have said this so I'm not just saying this that I've ever seen it makes me cry every single fucking time and that's like in season one or two you know yeah they were doing like and they were doing kind of good one-off episodes mm -hmm. that felt a little different you know and obviously you know, I, and anyway, I, I do. I am kind of an enterprise defender. You know, I know a lot of people don't like uh, uh, Rick Berman, um, yeah. and I think with good reason. I've certainly read shit about Rick Berman that I'm like, he does sound like he sucks. You know, yeah. and and maybe Brandon Braga, for example, is like the person who deserves more credit or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if we are going to go just by the credits, if we're going to go by what names appeared on screen, Rick Berman Trek. Yeah. works i mean yeah. and like that run that run from next generation all the way up i would even say through enterprise like even though it gets worse and worse over time kind of it still has such a high hit rate like it's it so supremely watchable and like it's such a shame that they didn't keep this this band together like they broke up like if and i and i understand i haven't seen it really but I know that Orville kind of picks up some of the writing staff and yeah. like some of the some of the band gets back together with Orville. But it is kind of a bummer, you know, even though Enterprise fell off and wasn't as good. But it's like, I just wish that they could have continued the line unbroken and just yes. continued making Star Trek like forever until now. You know, I mean, honestly, too, it's like that's such a good point. Like the the, the hit the hit rate, because. I mean, I could watch Enterprise. I mean, even like, you know, after like Space 911 and Space Iraq, I could still watch it, you know, at its worst. But I can't watch New Trek at its worst. Can't I just do can't it. do it. Yo, I just can't do I it. Can't I mean, do it, it is just it's just unfathomable. I mean, it is like yeah. it is just everything anathema to everything that I think Trek should be, you know? Or Trek really is. It like 
it like bums me out actually <laughs> yeah. because I feel like even 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 nineties Trek, you know, Berman Trek for lack of a better term, like when it got to its worst, like it still had like an ethos or something. Yeah. Like it had like an underlying set of rules that you kinda had to follow, yeah. you know, and it kinda never broke those rules. It kinda understood what its formula was and and, and New Trek It's honestly like I'm just like I'm not even like mad about it in a certain way. I'm just like, okay, time to stop. You know what I mean? I felt like I felt like when I finished Enterprise and I was like looking around like, all right, what am I going to watch? It, it kind of felt like somebody died, man, or something. Like, not, not somebody, but maybe, yeah. like, a pet turtle that I had and loved and in, since I was nine <laughs> or some shit like that. I was like, damn, what am I going to do now? Guess I'm going to watch well, Next Generation again. In a way, it's, like, almost, like, such a – it's so clean. You know, it's, like, people will say, that I, like, how bad The Simpsons has gotten. And it's, like, weird that The Simpsons is this one show. You know what I mean? And it, like – it's, like, where do you stop? Like, Star Trek, it's very clear where you stop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, you can watch this up through this time right here, and that is a good moment to get off the bus, exactly. you know? Like, and, this, and people yeah. ask, like, should I check out Enterprise? I'm like, okay, if you do, that's the last one. That's it, though. <laughs> that's what's also, if, if they're like, should I check out Enterprise? I'm like, have you watched all of the rest of Star Trek? Have you watched all of Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, Voyager? Um, but anyway, anyway yeah. this is all circling around. Today, we are talking about... A not a controversial, but a, certainly a maligned Star mm-hmm. Trek. I think a yeah. lot of people would say, a lot of Star Trek fans even, I think, would say that this is where Star Trek kind of lost the plot, you know, yeah. uh, or, or went uh, went went off uh, track. Um, we're, we're talking about Star Trek Voyager, Voyager. Um, the redheaded the, the, uh, stepchild, uh, you know, Captain yeah. Janeway, actually Captain Janeway, uh, that being of uh, the Star Trek series, man. As you said, much maligned. Yeah. Yeah, much maligned. The follow-up, I guess really more than anything, the follow-up to Next Generation. You know, Deep yeah. Space Nine is really a spin-off, kind of off doing its own thing. Like, it's very much... And again, like, it's almost funny. Like, we were talking about, you know, doing the formula versus not doing the formula. Deep Space Nine doesn't do the formula, but is sort of very conscious about how it's not doing the formula, exactly. you know? Um, Voyager was really more the follow-up to Next Generation. This is meant to be the sort of, you know, continuing the flagship star trek show you know uh we're off exploring strange new worlds um you know ostensibly the sequel to next generation um and it does like make some real changes to what was going on in next generation and and we alluded to this a little bit earlier but i think you know and i think maybe this is one of the reasons why like sci-fi fans kind of didn't like it honestly is that there is a lightness to it. Yeah. There is a kind of like fun. There's a silliness. There's humor. Yeah, there's a silliness to it. There's humor in the show. Um, and so I will say, I think that it's a very uneven show. I think that there are some like pretty bad episodes. Threshold, um, Threshold for example. I'm just thinking about yes. that. That's one of the first really bad episodes. And I think um, Tom Paris. We'll talk about all the characters and shit, but just giving a quick synopsis, I think he goes, um, um, breaks some speed barrier or some shit like that. You yeah, know? he breaks, uh, what the hell is it? It's, warp uh, nine. uh, it's, it yeah, he gets the warp 10 or something. Warp 10, yeah, exactly. Able, they, yeah, he breaks the warp, the warp threshold. And then he starts to, like, you know, exhibit some unusual <laughs> side effects from this. And dude, when I watch this shit, dog, 
I like will I will like give a lot, right? I will put in a lot. I will say uh-huh. I'll keep watching it. I'll keep watching it. I'll see where the fuck it goes. Dude, where it goes with this episode, <laughs> it reminded me of the Next Generation episode, which is one of the worst episodes. I think it's the fourth episode where they literally go to a planet full of black people who look right, like Africans. Right. And it's that point right. when I got to it, I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this shit off. Dude, he turns... <laughs> in this show, in this episode, Threshold, he turns into a fucking salamander and fucking has he sex with Janeway. Janeway. Yeah, he, yes. Yeah. They both have sex and then they have little salamander babies. Dude, it makes no... We're talking... This is so, the caliber of how bad this show can get. <laughs> this show, that that is... I mean, honestly, I think it's well regarded. <laughs> I haven't seen all of, of, of Discovery and Picard and all the rest of it, but Threshold does have to be probably the low point of Star Trek <laughs> and certainly like the low point of like the entire era from the 1960s all the way up <laughs> through like 2005. Like, yes, the episode where canonically what happens if you break the warp threshold is you turn into a salamander. I mean, I think actually one of the funniest things, I love the ending of this episode which is that we are there's a shot of <laughs> of two big giant salamanders <laughs> who we're told are Janeway and Tom Paris and then it cuts to it's got the doctor just like using the medical tricorder yeah. on them and he's like turned them back to humans yeah, he's like well we like <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like we got their DNA switched back I'm like in some ways I'm like this is the, the most hilariously TV thing I've ever seen in my life like Can't make TV the most, like that like, anymore man <laughs> just wave literally waving a wand and saying like but then everything was back to normal um <laughs> yeah. that i mean is true i mean honestly okay that's a bad episode right but in some oh, ways in some it's a bad episode in some ways though the that start the the early next generation episode where you're talking about where it's like african tribes people or whatever <laughs> like and even getting up to some of the stuff in Discovery and Picard, I'm like, Threshold is so weird that it's, like, watchable. Yes. Like, it's truly, like, insanity. Like, I'm like, I watched that episode, and in some ways I have, like, an affinity for it for being like, that is bad. It feels like an one of the str- It's one of the strangest <laughs> episodes of television I've seen of any show ever, you know? Like, the one you're talking about in the in the early Star Trek, I'm like, that one's bad because it's, like, regressive and racist, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there really isn't anything, like, weird about it. It's just, like, about how they're, like, primitive and stuff. Yeah, and there's savages, then, yeah, getting like, okay, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, okay, crazy. Like, yeah, I guess Gene Roddenberry had some weird shit that he still believed. He's <laughs> yeah. an older guy. But but Threshold, I'm like, I could rewatch Threshold. Oh, I, I dude, honestly I'm could re-watch, re-watch it after this. So <laughs> I'm going to get high and rewatch it. Because what it is is that I think, I think what we were talking about with the Trek formula that the dude that Voyager gets especially, because there's another episode I'm thinking about with, where Naomi Wilder goes into like the hologram and it's like a fairy tale type of thing and neelix is with her dude yes and there's like the insane. three there's the three there's like the water man yes, there's the wood and, the, like, and isn't isn't it the guy from I, I haven't watched this i know you're a big fan but isn't this a babylon 5 guy um, one of the actors uh, um, is babylon yes, 5 yes i forgot his fucking name but he plays um maybe i think he plays jakar maybe 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 yeah. What's him? so what's so funny about that is that I read about this. I haven't watched Babylon Five. I know I should, and I will, and we'll talk about that another oh, time. Sure. But that episode was almost kind of like a peace offering because there was all the beef about whether Deep Space Nine was stolen from Babylon, Babylon 5. Five, and so there was a little bit of like Voyager actors guest starred on Babylon Five, and Babylon Five actors guest starred on Voyager oh. as a kind of like olive branch. Like we're not all yeah, gonna yeah. be mad it's at like each other, and the fandoms can. Like an exchange yeah. program 
But it is so funny that they had him on to play like a wood nymph in like a little girl's Dude, fantasy just story. Insane. But that's the thing though, is that Voyager, unlike Discovery, unlike New Trek generally, just knew the formula where like Threshold mm-hmm. just kept me guessing the entire time. Like the writers were not afraid to just I mean, it's science fiction, dog. This mm-hmm. is not about personal trauma of individuals. This is about mm-hmm. exploring strange anomalies. And that's what Voyager, in my opinion, did best because they're out far, far away from the Alpha Quadrant, mm-hmm. you know? And and sometimes it doesn't work, you yeah. know? We're talking about a couple ones here that doesn't work. But that's kind of like what happens in sci-fi. Like, when it doesn't work, you're kind of like, wow, they really swung for the fences <laughs> exactly. and it didn't work, you know? Versus, like, when I'm watching, like, a Discovery and not to just keep beating up a Discovery, I'm like, now I'm watching an entire... 10 episode season arc that is boring and the story sucks and like you said it's all about the character's personal trauma and it's the same story for the entire season with Voyager there's a feeling of kind of like well this one's insane but it's going to end in 20 minutes and then I'll just like watch another one you know and the only only through line (laughs) is that they're just trying to get home you know yeah and, and it really and honestly like it is a tweak to the format that i think actually does work like mm-hmm. disconnecting them like i understand the idea there of disconnecting them from starfleet and kind of like you know what they were trying to do with voyager a little bit and i do think it works in this way is go back a little bit to the the five-year mission of original series and kind of give the feeling that we are far away from Starfleet. Like, you know, Next Generation, I love it, but there did get to be a feeling of, like, at any time, you could have all of Starfleet show up. You know it what I mean? Like the, you can it like, felt like the galaxy was small, despite the fact that they were in space. You know what I mean? Exploring you could space. teleport all. You could teleport back to Earth. You can, yeah. con, you know, converse with them and everything. Like Janeway. Uh, let's talk about the cast a little yes. bit, okay? Because you know, uh, uh, it is a very different cast from from Next Generation, mm-hmm. and I think this kind of reflects some of the sort of free willing fun spirit that it has. That I think is a little bit closer to original series. Um, so Janeway, you know, uh, originally in the pilot, they had a different actress playing uh, Janeway, and she wasn't called Janeway. Um, I think what that actress, they had like know? a they got it was like a French actress. Um, let's see here. So they, I think, what they were trying to do with the original pilot, and it like wasn't working, um, was um, that. Uh, what it, it, they were trying to make it a little bit more Picard-ish. Like, they were trying to make her, like, she's, like, a serious person and, like, a, you know, a more, you know, actory actor. And it, like, wasn't working. And so, you know... Uh, um Kate Mulgrew came in at the last minute and kind of got them to rewrite the character a little bit. She gave, she told them that the character should be named Catherine Janeway. Uh, Great versus name. Like, I mean, simple, but like of all the, the, the Trek names, I like that. Of the captain names, I like that one the most. Sounds yes, like a captain. captain. Captain Janeway. And I will say... There are problems with the characterization sometimes with the characters on the show. The writing gets a little weird, but I would say that I think the cast is actually spectacular, you know, like I and I have to separate out, like I said, maybe sometimes the writing from the actual characters, because Janeway makes some weird decisions sometimes, especially when seven of nine, you know, after (laughs) seven of nine gets in. And I think that's like kind of we'll talk about it. It's kind of where you see the writers centering seven in the doctor in later episodes more than Janeway so Janeway's decisions are nonsensical just to kind of like make this a seven or a doctor episode but honestly dude yo this might be heretical to say but like Cisco's obviously my favorite captain 
But of like, course, yeah. Janeway and Picard, man, because the affinity that I have for Voyager, but also because Janeway, unlike Picard, is very, I mean, she cries, right? And not because she's a woman, right? But she cries. And I, Cisco cries, Captain Picard cries, but these are much later. I mean, as soon as she realizes how far they are away from home and how she's implicated in this, I mean, she feels it for her crew. And this crew feels like family the same way that I guess they did in DS9 on the station. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who, who what felt more familial to me, if the DS9 cast did or Voyager. But they definitely felt more warm than Next Generation, right? Janeway especially. For sure. I, th- I think Next Generation, you know, and I love it, obviously. But they are a little bit dorky and rule following. Like there's a real sort of like sense of honor on the next generation, you know, ship. And they really have this feeling about how they're on the flagship and they're on the enterprise. And it kind of comes down from the top. And Picard is such a regulations guy. And so, you know, buttoned up and everything like that. And Janeway, kind of knows how to party like she actually is a little bit more in the you know in the mold of a captain kirk who kind of goes from the gut you know like janeway even from that first episode and they end up you know kind of revisiting this and re-exploring it like it's janeway's fault that they're stuck (laughs) and it really is her fault too it really is her fault when they go back and look at it i'm like why did you do that i guess you thought you were gonna save lives but it didn't really work out she just goes from her gut. Um, and so, yeah, there's a kind of fun, like, ballsiness to the way. And, and But also, I do think that there is a femininity, you know. Like, she is able to, like, you know, simultaneously. She, she does a great job of, like, having a femininity, not playing it like, you know, oh, I'm, like, you know, as masculine as I can be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she, she is a woman captain kind of in all the best ways, yeah, you know, and yeah. does, like. Motherly, dem- tender, yeah. but also, like, firm. You know what Firm. I mean? And make some wild ass decisions. Probably violated the prime directive. Maybe more, more than, than any more yeah, than more any than other anyone. captain. Yeah. yeah. More than any other captain. She's like straight up like trading like advanced technology to like, you know, n- to non-warp civilizations. Like <laughs> exactly. just like not no regard whatsoever for the prime directive in any way. Um and so that's Janeway. Janeway, I, I love actually. I think Janeway's great. Chicote. Uh, oh her... man, dog Chicote. So <laughs> Chicote Chicote has some of the worst episodes is really badly characterized. And I don't know if you know this, but obviously he's a native American guy and kind of very much in the kind of nineties, new age, like pan flute playing background yeah. music, yeah, you know, new, a- new agey yeah. spiritual connected with, yes, exactly. Yeah. But so they had a, you know, uh, a native American advisor person on Wait, can board. Put air, you know quotes, air, air quotes, air quotes, native American. because this person turned out to be a fraud. <laughs> so what's funny about Chakotay is that like, they did the right thing. Like they did the thing that you're even supposed to do now on shows. They're like, you know, you have to hire someone that like, you know, actually has this as their lived experience. They just hired a fraud. accidentally. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like, that's kind of like at the core of Chakotay's character, there's a real cancer yeah. at the center it's of like it. It's like hiring Vanilla Ice to like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Coach somebody to, like in a Tyler Perry movie. I don't know. Like some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, and yo, dude, like, I mean, this is why, like, when I, 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 because 
I knew that before, even before I read that, I was watching these episodes and I was like, this feels cringy. But especially yeah. after finding that out, man, it really makes me feel, what's the actor's name? I don't, I don't know his name. Robert Beltran. Robert, Robert Beltran. Beltran. I feel really bad for a bit. I feel bad. So that's, 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 I guess what I was going to say is I'm like, I think that Chakotay as a character is bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can't deny that Chakotay as a character is like, has some very unmodern elements that don't work. For seven seasons, mind you guys. This is seven seven seasons. seasons, Yeah. Like, yeah. But I will say, and this goes kind of for all the actors is like as dumb as the character is and as bad as the writing can be sometimes. I like Robert Beltran. Oh, like, yeah. in some ways, I'm like, I still just like Chakotay. I have positive feelings about Chakotay because I like Robert Beltran, and I like the the cast that we have on this show, and I like them all together. So, you know. He had, yeah. he had, he, so he's my key member, uh, right, right? And he has this, mm-hmm. uh, and he's if, with the Maquis. He's with the Maquis, and if anyone can remember the Maquis, um, and DS9, they're, nah, they're portrayed in a complicated light, but the way that Cisco. Um, treats uh what's his name um uh god what's the mckee member's name that he 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 has this cat and mouse kind of game with him i forget the guy's name eddington oh i can't oh yes 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 eddington Eddington, right yeah so like you know you that in the way that eddington is portrayed you're kind of like okay the mckee like you kind of feel bad for him but also they do some dirty underhanded shit right but like the way that beltran or chakotay plays this mckee member he has like this honor that's not bounded by Star Trek's morals, right? And it's really uh-huh. admirable. I really like him for that. The way he kind of gathers and groups together the rest of the Maquis on the ship, which also is pretty a pretty insane kind of um, the way they set it up. Because I know in DS9, there were these characters that were thrown together on the station that didn't really get along. This is exactly how, especially how Voyager starts off. You have the Maquis and Starfleet office, officers that are marooned together. And Chakotay is a big... It's his second in command as a Janeway second. He really does a good job, like, you know, boosting morale, you know, making sure the media are online, you know, carrying out not just Janeway's orders, but also keep her in check. He does a great great job. the complaint you could levy at it, and I think this is fair, um, is that it doesn't really fully explore the idea of a Starfleet cast and the Maquis being put mm. together. But I do think it adds a kind. And but this is also like before television was doing this as kind of a you know these on- online these long form season plots and stuff like that. But I do think it adds an element again of sort of like stepping away from the next generation thing, where they're all such Starfleet you know heads like such regulation. Followers like to have this kind of mixed crew of people that are like we don't agree and like you know kind of thrown together by circumstance. and so that moves us into the next, uh, uh, you know, again, somebody who sometimes like has episodes that are dumb, but ultimately I like end up really liking is our engineer Balana Torres. Dude, uh, I uh, hated yo. I'll be straight up. <laughs> I fucking hated her character for so long until. The episode where you find where she's constantly pushing herself, like it's almost as if she has a death wish. And I think Shakote finds out, oh, she's just hella depressed. And I was like, girl, mm-hmm. word, yo, same. <laughs> but like, I just like, like, this is where we're writing. You were talking about writing. Acting, the actress, I never remember any of these actresses. Roxana Dawson. Roxana Dawson, right? Um, mm-hmm. No, great. But the way she's written, she's like, yo, to be honest, she's a bitch and she's annoying. Just angry all the time. <laughs> angry yeah, for annoying. no yeah. fucking reason. Also, too, yeah. she's for, for uh, listeners who don't know, she's part Klingon, right? So yes. there is that to it, which there's an amazing episode where her two halves get separated and it's mm-hmm. really cool. But like, yeah, I, as an engineer, yeah, I liked her. I liked her. 
And I kind of ultimately, I ultimately, you know, again, I got so drawn in by liking the characters and kind of finding them to be like a family that like when she and Tom Paris started having a relationship, I was like, like, I like this. Like, yeah, I, I I'm not like, like I don't know why. Sense. I don't know. And it's also like kind of weirdly, like not something I'm even normally that into in TV shows yeah. is like when characters start pairing off. But I was like. <laughs> Hey, I kind of like Tom Paris and Bellana <laughs> Torres together. Um, this feels natural in some way. It feels natural, and so yeah, it does. It does. Um, Tom Paris also, you know, is our, you know, uh, I for, I do forget the actor who plays him, but he was kind of intended to be actually also kind of a little bit of a Captain Kirk himself, like mm. a little bit more of a swashbuckling, you know. Han Solo type, you know, scoundrel kind of guy. Um, and again. Maybe not the best written character, but I do end up just like having an affinity for him. I, li- I, I do like, him a like too, yeah. I like I hated him too. his face at first, you know. <laughs> I hated his fucking face at first, but I mean, he's he's the guy that has a real affinity for the past, right? Mm-hmm. There's always somebody in the crew that is always the guy who's tinkering with some 21st century gadget in his fucking room, and uh, Tom loves cars and he loves yeah. cartoons, man. Yeah, he likes cartoons, and I'm like, man, me too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, me like, too, dude. He's, it's so funny. He's like into like CRT TVs and watching yeah. cartoons and shit. And I'm like, yeah, it you know, I think I'd probably be the hollow deck. Yeah. Shit. yeah, like I'm not that into cars, but I'm like, if I was in space, I'd probably would still be watching Looney Tunes, you know. <laughs> and so, like, I kind of get the appeal there. Um, Ensign Kim is a character who I was like <laughs> found like kind of boring, but there, Jack, I just first, have to say, Jack, real quick, not to get you off, but the fact that you call him Edson Kim because he remains an Edson. Oh yeah, seven oh, yeah. fucking where, where Tom loses yeah. his status rank and then gets it back. <laughs> yeah, Tom gets busted down and then gets re-promoted. And it, this actually becomes, I know that uh, the actor, uh, Garrett Wang, who played Ensign Kim, like was asking like behind the scenes, can I please get promoted from being an Ensign? <laughs> and basically what they told him is like, someone's got to be the Ensign. Like, you got to stay the Ensign forever. It is so funny. I heard Rick that Berman he stays hated in- him, though. Yeah, I think he gave some interview in like TV Guide mm. after the first season being something like talking shit about the writing or something like that. And so Rick Berman just didn't like him from that point forward. So he talked shit about the writing, but then he was also weirdly named like Times one of sexiest men of the year or something like that. <laughs> okay. And so for, like they were going to write him off, but then they were like, I guess we'll just keep him on because he was named like one of the sexiest men of the year. And so they just kept him on and kept him an ensign forever. Um, <laughs> to be named one of Times the... sexiest men of the year, but to remain an ensign on Star Trek. I mean, you got to trade off. Know, highs and lows. There's highs and lows. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I ultimately like like you know versus next generation like i did end up kind of liking the friendship with him and tom paris you know uh, um and so let's just i guess what we're like so fucking far into this already and we haven't even talked about the episodes we want to talk about yeah, and everything yeah. so obviously the doctor fucking kicks ass um, i didn't i the will doctor, say i didn't like him at first but other people told me like yo dude you're wilding the doctor's the one of the best characters and i was like okay like let me also maybe i'm being like a human supremacist right maybe there's something maybe i'm being like janeway where i'm not affording him the agency that he deserves and no you're right he's 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 the best he's an awesome character best the doctor. doctor great is great and and this really is a testament to robert picardo who like i think was actually probably given the worst role in the series like he i think i think he was auditioning for some other part and they were 
like, you know what? You're going to get to be the emergency medical hologram. And he just brought so much charisma to this role that they he like forced the entire staff to make it the doctor show. Like yes. it is by, by the, the late seasons, season. almost too much doctor. It's almost too much by that point. Yeah. By the fifth season, every other episode is either about him or seven. Yes. Or and so of then of together. course, then of course, you know, finally we do have to say, you know, the show becomes very, very, you know, sort of enmeshed with the Borg storyline and actually like kind of goes further into the Borg and maybe makes some missteps, um, you know, with the Borg, you know, from Next Generation, but uh, uh, picks up kind of where Next Generation left off and we get a late season ad to the show uh, with Jerry Ryan's Seven of Nine, who... I mean, she's great. I, I mean, don't know. You know, like, honestly. Like, she's, like, not only is she, like, and I mean, this was the purpose. They dress her in this body, the silver mm-hmm. bodysuit. But, I mean, dude, it doesn't matter who you like. She's fucking hot. And everyone knows it. And she knows it. <laughs> but she's a great, great actress with a beautiful singing voice that you see in a couple episodes that you get to hear. She's amazing. She's fantastic. She's fantastic as Seven of Nine. It's, like, an evolution of the data thing yeah. of like this kind of like what does it mean to be a robot or something and there's weirdness with that because the show kind of like it's like we have that in the doctor already exactly but then they add seven of nine and so they're kind of exploring similar ideas but they end up kind of working it out because it's like oh what if data had a data who was a couple years ahead of him so he ends up kind of being her like tutor and being more human Coaching because her. he's exactly. also yeah he's like had to you know uh, uh figure this out you know how to act more human and uh, actually um, she she allows him to also become more human in a way because there's an episode where uh uh, he assumes control of her body, where his his data is downloaded into her body, and we're a little weird and uncomfortable. There are some weird seven episodes too, where Janeway basically tells Seven that you guys she got sexually assaulted, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Some weird, some weird <laughs> yeah, shit. You that's know? not perfect. That's not perfect. It was the nineties. Like, <laughs> it, it is actually it is actually accurate. Probably to how women in power talked about that in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. like, like, so Clinton. we're watching it, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like a Hillary Clinton would be like, shut up, like, shut you know, up. Uh, um, <laughs> but you really want to ruin this man's life, you know." Uh, um, but I will say about that episode, weird, weird though that it is, Jerry Ryan's um, Robert Picardo impression is insane like how much she's like you're watching that episode and i'm like like i forgot i'm like it's it's crazy how well she does the doctor and it's like it's funny but then it also like does work really well like it she is so good in that that's one of the ones where you're like oh jerry ryan like can act really act yeah yeah she can really act um and then later we get some we get some other Borg like we get like Echeb and stuff like that which I'll only mention oh, I Echeb briefly. I forgot about that kid. <laughs> Man, Echeb was done so dirty in Picard though. Uh, they bring back Echeb in the first season of Picard basically just to die a heroic death and like help the new characters get away, and that <laughs> is so fucked up. Like there was a part of me that I was like, "Wow, Echeb's back. That's kind of crazy." And I'm like, "You just brought him back to like make him die so that our dumb." new characters we don't care about like are gonna yeah. escape that is that was and, really and, fucked and especially up especially for fans so people like oh shit each other but then the next scene he's yeah. dead it's like yo why, come on man like why did you do this why <laughs> yeah. did you do this to me um anyway so i, I think unless there are characters that i'm kind of missing I, there are I know only that two, there are others there are only two that i'll bring up just because it's really yeah. fucking weird 
Neelix um, and oh, Kess. Oh, Neelix, yes. Neelix and, and Kess. And Kess is, so Kess is the body of like a young woman, maybe in her 20s, but she only lives for nine years. So she's in a relationship with the Neelix, who is a grown uh, Talaxian. So I yes, mean, the there's, joke... some, there's some anime problems, yeah. anime problems yeah. in this relationship. Yeah. I mean, he's a pedophile. He's, he's kind of, he's kind of, he's not yeah. really, but you know, functionally, he kind of is. You know. Well, it's like she. I don't really want, but it's like she. Her race grows True, like this faster. much by year. They age faster or something. True. So it gets into a strange question, but it is unequivocally true that she's like three years old, and <laughs> yes. Neelix is dating her. Um, so Neelix, Neelix, <laughs> what do we think about? What do we think about Neelix? Airlock his ass, man. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, you know what? I don't even know. I don't know because there's a like. Neelix was so fucking annoying to me. And like in those early season, in those early episodes, I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on with Neelix? <laughs> Neelix too grew on me, you know? You know I don't when, know what it is. You know when is when he, he grew on me? Because a lot of it is when I identify with characters, uh maybe um path like pathological neuroses, right? Whether it's Milana's yeah. depression or Tom's childishness. Neelix, there was an episode where he died. And Seven brought him back to life, and he got hella right. depressed because he was like, "Oh, there's no heaven." And I was like, "Yo, it took you to die for me to like your character and for right. to give you purpose." He became cool then, you know. That is so funny, yeah. That he had his like Talaxian heaven that he was supposed <laughs> to go to, and it's like he got depressed because he was like telling the little girl <laughs> that there was heaven, and he's like, "Actually, there isn't a heaven anymore." Again. I have to hand it to the actors here because I do think Ethan Phillips, like yes, Ethan Phillips. as annoying as this character was, I was like Ethan Phillips ended up kind of taking Neelix over for me, like and yeah. did end up like by the end. There's some weird shit that goes on. Like also his breakup with with uh, uh, Kess is really really strange because she's like mind controlled when she breaks up with him, yeah. but then she is still like yeah, but we are gonna stay broken yeah, but up. She's like, it, it, she's like sober thoughts though. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. It's like I did say that, but let's go ahead and give it a shot anyway. Um and Neelix like finally having to like leave at the end. Like I I guess I did find myself like feeling emotional about Neelix leaving yeah, when yeah. he finally left in that final season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yo, there's oh, I know we're, we 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 got to talk about episodes, but we couldn't we we can't not talk about the one Vulcan on the show. Oh my god, actually, yeah. I can't believe like honestly, I can't believe that I forgot. Uh, Cuz he's one of is two box. What are the best characters? What are one the best of actually the best one of the best characters maybe in Star Trek to yeah. be honest. And yeah. I can't believe I forgot about Tuvok in in even going through this entire thing cuz Tuvok uh, um yeah, like he he's a fan, so I think the actor the uh, the actor that played Tuvok, uh, uh, who I'm just gonna look up right now because I I do want to. Uh, it's like man, let me just look him up really quickly. Um, I don't know. Tim Russ, Tim Russ, Tim Russ, Tim Tim Russ, Tim Russ, who played Tuvok, is like I think a perennial like a Star Trek fan mm. who got in who like was able to get into Star Trek uh, and like. Yeah, his portrayal of a Vulcan, like, actually gets up there with Nimoy's, you yep. know? Like, I think, like, honestly, you know, Tuvok, um, you know, yeah, like, uh, Tuvok, I'm I'm drawn into. I love Tuvok. Uh, uh, maybe he even beats sometimes uh, Nimoy for me. Like, yeah. he actually kind of goes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And we should we should mention the insane episode that everyone talks about and that became a meme, the uh, the Tuvix episode. Oh, dude, that, I like man, I like that. Every time I post about that, like that that show, people are always like, "Oh, fuck the Tuvix episode." But man, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I thought it was like, I thought it was a good rumination on. Well, not good, but interesting rumination on identity. You know, whether it's racial identity or gender identity, but. Janeway did kill kill two things. Uh, that is one of those ones where you're like, Janeway just goes from the gut and makes bizarre and just makes decisions and is like, that's what we're going with. But yeah, she killed a sentient being, <laughs> like straight up. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones where you're like, you know, I don't know if I agree with the decision that Janeway made, but she made a decision. You, she just went ahead and made it. You did the thing that Starfleet isn't supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not supposed to destroy went, life. She just did it, and she, yeah, like, she went further than, you know, disobeying the Prime Directive. She, like, actually destroyed new sentient life. Um, anyway, yeah, Tuvok is the best. Tim Russ is great. Uh, Tim Russ even went on, I think, to direct, like, a weird fan film of Star Trek. Really? Like, there's a, yeah, there's, like, a, um, there was, like, a bizarre fan film that was made that actually got all of the, let me try to find it here. Um, they made it, it, it was actually like they made this weird fan film and then, um, like Paramount was like, okay, now people that were ever in Star Trek are not allowed to act in fan films anymore. Like it was too close to the actual thing. They had to put down the hammer and they were like, we're not going to allow it anymore. And if you've ever worked on Star Trek, you can't do fan films of Star Trek anymore. Um, Wow, I'm surprised. I'm looking at his IMDb. Apparently, he's in an episode of Poker Face. So I'm glad to see that he's still uh, working. Yeah, I didn't know. That's wild. Uh, You do wish that Deep Space Nine and Voyager got their movies, you know? Because I really would like to see a little, just a little bit more in the world of these things. Not not now. Now, I, you know, it's a monkey's paw wish to say that you want to see more Tuvok or anything because it would be in a Kurtzman trek and they would kill him so that like some <laughs> exactly. some new character you know could escape or something like that but it was a shame that they didn't get to do their movies um but yeah let's let's talk through a couple great episodes you came up with a list uh and I think this is a pretty pretty comprehensive list of some of the great ones um that yeah we've talked through some of the weird ones <laughs> we talked through threshold um but yeah i'm looking at your list here um scientific method scientific, is a yeah. great episode so, scientific method is one of my so star trek like i don't think people know that i mean i didn't know if you're uninitiated i don't think people realize that star trek is scary sometimes mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there are episodes that are really creepy um, sci-fi horror yeah sci-fi horror i would say probably voyager had some of the creepiest body horror sort of episodes and this one yeah is, they got turned into salamanders got turned into salamanders <laughs> right not scary weird but fucking body <laughs> but this one is very scary this one is definitely very weird and it's scary very weird man because like like the the crew begins i think they start having uh, feelings of insomnia, uh, pain. Janeway specifically is aggravated all the time because she has like a permanent migraine. And mm-hmm. Seven of Nine is the only, I don't know how she ends up doing it, but she's the only person because of her ocular like implant or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's the only one that could see that the crew is being experimented on as they walk around the ship 
by these fucking aliens, man. We're mm-hmm. in a different phase of existence or dimension or some shit, man. Which is so scary. The episode also does a really great, like, it kind of draws um, a parallel to what we do in scientific research with yeah. animals. Like, the aliens are not just straight up evil and trying to hurt them or something. They're like, this research, like, will help millions of people and, like, we'll be able to solve, like, cure diseases and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the idea of, you know, being experimented on by like ostensibly like ghosts yeah. is such an odd like unique idea such a good sci-fi concept uh, uh just a good little short story it really is man and the fact that seven like she she doesn't want to alarm the aliens to her presence that she can see them initially so like you know her she has to react normally while she's talking to the crew, while Janeway has, like, this fucking circular thing around her skull, and these fucking, like, it's like, I don't know, these, like, needles or Little, screws and shit like that in her head, It man. really is crazy, the, the like, the things they're using to experiment on them. You're kind of like, what the fuck? Like, it's very, like, it's, like, torture device yes. you know, and very, very, like, frightening looking. It really is, uh, man. That like, is, is a great one. Saw some shit, man? Like, it's a little bit, it is, <laughs> it, it is very much horror. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good horror sci-fi episode um and yeah again like just you know a good one-off a good one-off episode that like explores some like deeper ideas using sci-fi and like also just has some great fun reveals like this is really what star trek is all about you know the reveals especially Uh, yeah for sure um Okay, and so another one that you sent uh, was Living Witness. Living oh, Living Witness. Witness is a really great episode. I got with the things like they're able to do weird, just one-off things you know these episodes that like you know especially like this is like I think a later season one right mm-hmm. this is a uh, um, yeah this is the fourth season fourth so season. actually not that not that late this is a four this is a fourth season episode and so in this one. Basically, the doctor was that ca- we're we're in the future, like seven hundred years mm-hmm. in the future, and the the there's a like exhibit being done by this alien species, and they're talking about the warship Voyager, the and they're warship talking about Voyager, this, which sounds cool. yeah, like which is cool, which is cool, and they they talk about Janeway as like a, you know a war captain, and it's all evil, uh, and they are a they. You know, they find a a copy of the emergency medical hologram, the doctor. Mm -hmm. And so this is all about the doctor trying to set the record straight uh, and kind of like the malleability of history and stuff like that. It's really good. Yes. And he he has a line where, uh, God, man, he has a line. I don't remember it exactly. I wish I found it before this. But um, he says something like you you rewrite history so that it makes you feel comfortable, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, like this is one of I, I said this to you. This is like there are like a there are like there's like a trifecta of social memory episodes mm-hmm. in Voyager that interrogate um, how we remember the past, like who's in charge of remembering the past, right? Um, what's forgotten, and uh, Living Witness is one of them. And I mean, like. Just the way that it um, that it ends. If I if if I'm if I'm correct, I think the episode ends where they give the doctor a ship to go find the the path of Voyager, and the scene kind of pulls out where at this museum they're talking because it jumps. 
to like after the doctor's left, after he set the record straight. It's and like he's it's left. further in the future, exactly. and it's like there. And now they're giving an exhibit on how the doctor helped set the record straight exactly. and like get the and like end the war between these species. Exactly, and also it's a really interesting way that they do it because it's filmed as if it's like a regular episode, and then the camera pans out, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is like a holographic display in the museum that they're watching, and then you find out that like I mean this. Kind of, I mean, like, I cry all the fucking time, Star Trek. I mean, all everything. But, like, kind of teared up a little bit where it's like he he, he feels like he had, he had, like, a longing for home. So even though that they've been dead for centuries, right, he wants to travel back to the Alpha Quadrant and to Earth to go. From, you know what I mean? It's just, like, kind of trace yeah. their journey back, man. Just a beautiful episode, yo. It's a beautiful episode. And then also just on the sort of, like you know the just fun stuff for the actors to do it's really fun to watch the holographic representations it's almost like a mirror mirror episode like it's almost like a mirror universe episode that is not quite a mirror universe episode and it just it lets the actors have a lot of fun with being sort of these you know like angry warlike versions of themselves yeah yeah i remember the doctor in that uh in that they're retelling he's a torturer in his eyes, yeah. he has like these contacts on. His eyes are like white or some shit like that. Whatever. Yeah. Like, like they're really truly mirror universe uh, Voyager crewmen. It's, really it's like a little weird little mini mini, mini mirror universe uh, uh, episode. Um, and so then we're, we were talk we were going to talk about someone to watch over me. Yes. Um, and this is really a seven of nine and Doctor kind of romance episode, uh, which is again. You know, as we're talking through these episodes, I'm like, these first couple we talked about are just straight up good sort of sci-fi episodes. Mm -hmm. This is really a character-based, we love the cast kind of episode. Yes, yes. yes. This is one of, this is the episode where um, you find out that uh, uh, Robert Picardo, that's the actor's name. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Ryan, right? Jerry Ryan have beautiful voices. I mean, Mm -hmm. they just do a, they just do a duet, which like, I mean... Like, this is a 90s Trek. This is not like 60s Star Trek, right? And I haven't even watched the original yeah. series. But you just would not expect that they would just break out into a beautiful song. And it's like, it's wholesome. This is one of the ones, like, kind of like in Next Generation, how in Next Generation, they'd always, like, do Shakespeare. And you yeah. can just tell that it's because the actors like to do Shakespeare and are good at doing Shakespeare. This is one where I'm like, yeah, Robert Picardo and Jerry Ryan have a good singing voice and obviously like some musical theater. Uh, and so the writers figured out a way to let them do that to yeah. sort of showcase those talents. But this one does have, this one is a weirdly, like, just has a lot of charm. You know, mm. this is like kind of, this is like, again, shows the breadth of Voyager in a weird way where it's like, this is about seven of nine being jealous about Tom Paris and Bellana Torres having love and wanting to learn what love is from the doctor. And then we also get a little bit of, and then we also get a little bit of like, the doctor has a crush on seven of nine, you know, at the end of the episode, we have him, you know, romancing a holographic version of seven of nine that turns out to be a fake. And he's basically in his own little, you know, uh, uh, fantasy universe or whatever. The, what happens with seven of nine and kind of romance is a funny little sort of side thing. You know, there's the, will they, won't they with her and the doctor, uh, which ends up being a little bit more like a mentor relationship. And then we also find out later that, she like has a crush on Chakotay. Chakotay. More or less. So that's so there's, there's another human. Uh, there's another like, well, given that like seven is like partially human, it's kind of funny. There's another human oriented seven oriented episode. Um, 
is it called human i'm looking at the like some is it called human error i'm not sure but this is the one where you find out that yeah she has a crush on chakotay because she goes in the hollow of the hollow deck and like you know uh, makes a program where you know they're dating or whatever and um this episode is another one that's like really kind of like it's it's heartwarming but it's a little bit sad man you know because it, it kind of this it, there's a melancholy yeah. there's a melancholy to seven of nine that Absolutely. i think does speak to like jerry ryan's ability here because mm-hmm. she's playing this like more or less like emotionless character um but we really do believe that like she has this like sadness of wanting to be human exactly. um, and i think it really works really nicely exactly yeah she's like she has this longing and like she's been like ripped away and alienated and i mean the first the first the first season the first season i think or two maybe when she's uh when she's introduced she keeps she, like there's an episode or two or three or four where she keeps trying to go back to the borg you know and even right. and even up until like i mean it's not really until the last season where like janeway and her and the crew are trying really really hard for her to be family and i mean it's 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 nice to watch you know especially her coming into the game so late it's really heartwarming to watch yeah, there there is like it, I mean, and obviously that we 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 sort of alluded to this earlier that there was I guess onset sort of acrimony between mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jerry Ryan and Kate Mulgrew that Kate Mulgrew like kind of regrets now, but yeah. you know she was kind of very dismissive of Jerry Ryan, thinking that she was eye candy and didn't like that they were adding this new character that they were doing all these plots for late in the game, and so there is a kind of and, and they kind of even play with it in the writing where like you know Janeway doesn't really like or. Janeway actually does fight for Seven of Nine, but you can sense a sort of undercurrent of like anger there. Um, it's really that, bizarre. That you, really, can't, yeah. you, you can't, you can't take like it's a little shadow. You know what I mean? Sometimes when you look at Kay Mulgrew's face, it's like a passing shadow. I'm like, yo, you really yeah. don't like her. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like that this lady is on set, and it kind of does pass. I'd say like by that seventh season, and it is nice to sort of see everybody uh, come together. Um, a couple here that that you had that I think are both kind of similar in being like kind of social problem episodes that, that I really like are um, critical care and then the two-part workforce. Um, critical care is like out of today. Like you could do this same episode on Strange New Worlds and it would be done exactly the same. Uh, but it's basically the doctor gets taken to an alien planet where ostensibly people have different health insurance plans <laughs> like there's like there's like gold tier and then there's bronze tier it's and, like obamacare and, uh, steroids i guess you know yes the 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 doctor is basically like how come we can't treat these people and they take they and they're like you know they're all dying in the hallways and it's like horrible conditions and then he goes upstairs and it's you know a gold tier level and they're they have to save all the treatments for the gold tier people and i mean it really is hilariously like a one episode indictment of the for-profit medical system Absolutely. that we have here in the United States Absolutely. kind of unflinchingly because the doctor asks he's like yo like what's what's the reason for like you know uh and they have a, a treatment coefficient is what they call it which is mm-hmm. like aggregates your um employment status um how much you make basically your usefulness to society which I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a it's a searing indictment because that's the way we apportion healthcare and a lot of services in this country, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? for real, for real, and also just even the visual look of it. I'm like, yeah, 
this is what an urgent care looks like. Oh, yeah, And for this sure. is what it looks like when you go to, like, a nice hospital. Like, this is just is literally, like, it's almost barely sci-fi, except that they're wearing, like, shit on their foreheads. Like, like yeah, uh, yeah, they went to an Star emergency Trek room and filmed. They went to an emergency room to fill, <laughs> fill like, the yeah. lower class people getting cared for. You know what I mean? Essentially is what they do. Yeah, it's a great one. In fact, I was looking at the Wikipedia for this, you know, as we were looking into this. This episode was used in academia um, as part of a curriculum to teach medical ethics. Oh, the they other would, nerds like, got to Star Trek? The <laughs> other nerds got to it? The yeah, academic nerds? Fuck you guys. They got to it. <laughs> we already knew that shit. Um, um, and so the other one we mentioned here, I, I was saying like a good social, you know, problems episode is Workforce. is yes. a really great weird two-parter where ostensibly... Janeway and the crew are brainwashed to be factory workers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like factory so workers like come... on a planet that is quite dystopian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a weird one where they, they, they diagnose them with dysphoria syndrome, which is like where you don't remember who you are. And then they basically give them pills to brainwash them into being good factory workers. And we find out in episode two that this is because there was a workforce shortage. And so they basically like institutionalized like kidnapping, visiting aliens and just brainwashing them into being their workforce yeah. uh, and it is a great like it's a great little two-parter again a fun one where the cast gets to have a good time and kind of step out of their traditional roles um, and also just yeah good social problems episode yeah and with, with that episode too what I really like too is that like not everybody is like you know sucked in so I think Chakotay is still like you know like in orbit Wondering. He comes down and yeah. is like basically trying to be like undercover yeah. and like trying to reawaken them into who they truly are. Tuvok is not like it didn't quite take for Tuvok, and he's like having all these weird memories and, and stuff like with that. His mind meld shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that they get into kind of if I'm remember, if I'm remembering correctly, I think there's like a little bit of a Janeway Chakotay like mini romance kind of thing. Yeah, like, I think where, so. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they like meet up and they're kind of having a little romance at her, you know apartment or something yeah, yeah yeah and um and also too what i found was interesting that uh balana and um or what i like balana and tom even though they don't remember each other you know what i mean they're still like attracted they find to each, each other. other yeah they find yeah. each other that was cute man. i like it it's sweet there's a sweetness to the tom to the tom and balana you know r- romance that i'm like you just don't get i mean as, as, as the next generation characters are very human and i like them a lot mm. but they're just so staid and they feel almost like greek myth or something yeah. like that and there's something a little more human about some of the uh, uh the voyager characters they're more readily um, likable man in a way you know in a more human way i guess they do feel a little more human or something. Um, and we'll just we'll just go get through a couple more here. Oh, We've yeah. been talking for a long time yeah. about Voyager. I mean, as you can tell, folks, like we are actually Voyager fans. I you know, like, like Voyager. I, I, I like Voyager. Like I I can't deny it's Am I going to say it's the best Star Trek? No, but like kind of all 90s Trek is good. I guess that's what I will say. Mm. All 90s Trek is good. The run from Next Generation all the way up, I would say, through to Enterprise is worth watching. It's 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 very watchable. I mean, it's not only worth watching. It's Yeah, it's completely watchable. Like we were saying earlier, even at its worst, it's not as bad as New Trek. And hilariously, I'm like, you know, and and we're talking about here, you know, especially compared to new TV shows where like you're like, you got to watch this one. It's great. Like 20 episode run. We're talking about like 600 episodes of television here like that. The amount just just literally like the 
the volume that they were able to create. Like, if you want to be like, oh, a little bit, it's uneven here and there. I'm like, they made so much fucking TV for yes. you to watch. In like six and years. Like, <laughs> not six years. Like in a decade or so, man. In a decade, they made like, I think, 600 episodes. Because it's, like it's like 150 for Star Trek, 150 for DS9, mm. 150 for Voyager, and then like when maybe 60 like or that, something. When you put it like that, it's pretty fucking <laughs> insane. And also, when and you they're like, like making movies. They're making, making movies, movies too. Yeah. Also, when like I think the, about it like that, I'm like, damn, I watched so much TV in like six I months. Know. <laughs> I mean, I did the same too, but honestly, like I, in some ways, I'm like, I, I wish I still had that again. Yes. I'm like, I like, I loved when I had hundreds of episodes of Star Trek to watch and I kind of yes. miss it. In some ways, I'm like, do I just do the cycle over oh, again? Oh, dude, that's I'm what like, I do every year. I do that I, every, I know do you that every do. year. <laughs> I know you do. In some ways, I'm like stopping myself from starting it because I'm like, I know that this would just be a cycle that I go through for the rest of my life. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, just not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to do that yet. But yeah, so we, I do love Voyager. I love Voyager, and you know, I, you know, the, this run of yeah, over 500 episodes of television uh, is a good run, and it's almost worth looking at it all as one whole. You know yes. what I mean? Like, I almost don't even really like to separate the series. I'm kind of like, oh, there was a show called Star Trek that they made <laughs> 600 episodes of from the 90s up through the early 2000s, and it's worth watching all of it yeah i just call it um, 90s trek including enterprise into that this 90s trek yeah, yeah yeah it's all 90s trek uh until it was uh until it got broken um uh cool so then yeah we talked a little bit we talked about human error already which is a great one author 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 author, <laughs> author, author is a very fun one so the doctor writes a a searing you know, pro hologram rights, um, you know, uh, a book. And this is during the time, and this is, this was exciting for me as a viewer. This is when they started actually having minor communication with earth again. Yes. This is after they had figured out how to basically send like postcards. Thanks, back to, and Bar- forth. Thanks yeah. to Barclay, Lieutenant Barclay, who makes, we didn't mention him, but I know. he makes a fucking, uh, and Dana Troy is in a little bit too, but Barclay makes a big comeback and a big fucking way because as you were saying he's the one that helps engineer this uh, long distance communication technology right and it is truly so satisfying yes when reginald barclay starts showing up again i really was i'm like holy fuck I it's clapped. barclay i clapped <laughs> i clapped i was and, like yeah motherfucker. And, I, and i even like deanna troy you know having her i like deanna troy sort of getting you know her uh uh little cameos i thought she was fun with it too you know but yes this is like barclay who's a voyager obsessed man figures out a way to send short missives uh but anyway so the the doctor writes a pro hologram writes um book because he finds out basically that the holograms other than him were kind of viewed as a a like a mistake or like they have come up with a better medical or medical hologram and so all the ones from his run are like fucking coal miners (laughs) literally wearing wearing like the fucking doctor uniform with coal smudge faces (laughs) they're like all coal miners getting fucking like like black lung at this point (laughs) and so like rightfully like the doctor sees a grave injustice in this and he writes a he writes a polemic he writes a polemic (laughs) a radical polemic uh, a radical polemic he basically creates yeah like uh he creates you know a little piece of propaganda (laughs) um but in so doing 
you know, and all writers do this, and it's a funny little meditation on this. He like makes characters based on all the Voyager characters and like makes them assholes to him. Uh, And like the Voyager characters, and this is such a funny real thing, and you think about this when you're doing writing, the Voyager characters are like, you know, people are gonna think this is us, dude. Right? Exactly. He's like, he's like, no, I changed the name. Like, no, I changed the name. It's like, dude, this this is us, right? And of course, he writes himself as the uh, misunderstood, but also very forgiving, you know, strong, emotionally and supportive doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, this is another fun one where the actors get to kind of play funny versions of themselves. And that's there's a bit of fun with that. Um, But yeah, it's just it's a very funny episode. And I think it also does have a funny core to it with this being a little piece of propaganda that he wrote. And then at the end, and I love this, and I wish we'd gotten to see it get picked up again. Basically, he comes to the idea of like well I should change it more so that people don't um, like think it's you guys and then Admiral Paris back from Earth is like well your publisher already published it like he basically got fucked over by his publisher it's like it's already out and everyone's like what and so then the end of the episode and this is so great and I'm like I want to see this more it shows the 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 coal miner holograms like <laughs> passing around this piece of agitprop. Photons be free. Like, That's what it's called. Photons, photons be, free. be free. Photons be free. <laughs> they're passing around like the holograms manifesto. You know yes. what I mean? Like they're passing around his manifesto, and I'm like, yeah, like. I wish we got to see it followed up on more and the emergency medical hologram riots and stuff like Dude, that. Also, uh, too, like that's something we didn't talk about with the, the doctor, but the emergency hologram. Um, and there's a fucking episode where Andy Dick shows up. Oh, wow. Yeah, Andy Dick is like the next generation. And I'll, we should, I mean, I guess Andy Dick shows up in one and Sarah Silverman shows yeah, up in shows another up really in a, weird episode. She shows up in, uh, God, I wrote it down. This is their, this is Voyager's version of Future Tense. Uh, the DS9 episode where they go back in time. Uh, this one is, I forget the name of it, but yeah, there's an episode where they go back in time and, um, yeah, Sarah Silverman shows up as a uh, SETI. Um, I guess. And it's not the best. It's not the best episode. It's. I mean, I. I guess I kind of like that she works at Griffith Park Observatory, yeah. which I like. It's kind of fun to see the observatory in there. Um, but it's not the best episode. Oddly, though, it's an episode that is like very important to the canon because mm. it's where the Doctor gets his device that lets him be a hologram oh. outside of the holodeck, and he's able to like leave. The medical bay and the room because that's actually like a piece of future tech that they like stole from the future people. Uh, that yeah. he has little like thing he puts on his you know his chest that lets yeah. him go outside of the the rooms. I remember that. So it's yeah. A, so it's can it's canon. The only the only it's a canonically very hard very important episode, episode even though it's not the best one. Also, too, I love this episode because I think Tuvok is wearing a do rag. So that he could hide, uh, yeah, he could hide his so ears. Good. Yeah, he hides his ears under the durag. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. So funny. Uh, one thing oh, I, Tuvok rocks. One last thing I want to say to um um uh well not last thing, but like I don't know, we'll probably close out soon. But I just I just really like there's some episodes that really went into the um the strange anomalies kind of thing. Like there's an episode called Night where they enter this dark region of space with no stars at all. Mm, that's- yeah, that's a really weird one. And and kind of playing on the psychological effects yes. of like, we don't know whether we're moving and there's yes. just like, just darkness outside. Like, like Janeway gets depressed. And she's locked in her cabin so- the whole entire Janeway's time. Janeway's just like, 
Janeway's like, I'm not leaving the fucking bed. Like, it's so funny that she's <laughs> like, just like, again, ah, fuck it. Me too, girl. I'm me done. too. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm with it, actually. Yeah. There's a that's a great one. There's another one where um they there's like the planet has a has some weird time dilation thing. So like, oh yeah, that uh, one's so good. That one's insane. And then we they watch a whole human civilization like, yes. and and the civilization they don't break the prime directive, but only kinda. Yeah. They're like stuck in the time dilation, and so the ship in the sky like makes their society like kind of writes their society and they like become they make a space program to try to visit it and there is a really cool there's a cool stuff to it where it's like they are moving at a different speed than voyager which is so great it really is wild they send the they end up sending the doctor down there and um um something happens where they can't bring him back up or something. So he's like, I mean, he's only trapped down there in their time for like a couple minutes. But when they bring him back up, he's like, oh, I thought you guys were like, it's been like a hundred years. You know what I mean? It's been like, yeah, it's like I'm, you guys, I thought you guys like left. Well, I looked up in the sky and saw the star and I knew the Voyager was still there. It's like, all right, well, you know, pretty you have a lot of hope, That's man. That's a good one. <laughs> We also didn't mention one of the ones that everybody loves the most of, of all is the the two part Year of Hell yes. episode, uh, uh, which is a great one. I honestly I love it. I think there's a lot that's really good about it, and you know they did talk about doing it for an entire season, uh, which mm-hmm. I think would have been interesting. There is a kind of like you know it's almost like yeah like I don't know it's, it's like, like Battlestar like, Galactica before yeah. Battlestar Galactica almost You're isn't right. that Tuvok goes blind like they Tuvok really do a lot blind. of crazy shit Janeway's dead um, yeah and yeah it's like I mean to say it's like Battlestar Galactica in a way if anyone's seen that show um, the 2000s one where I mean they're just trying to survive right like yeah and in this one they are assaulted from every species every you know marauders and pirates and all these different aliens that want to come after them. And yeah, Janeway ends up dying. Tuvok goes blind. Neelix gets like a commander suit and actually starts doing real shit. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, okay, yeah. yo. It's a oh, uh, wild. Yeah, yeah. It does have kind of the the problem almost like uh threshold where it just gets wrapped up so tidily. Like it basically is just like we're going to like none of that actually happened. You know exactly. what I mean? But it but it still is fun. It's a great two-part episode. You know, my you know, I even I get why we want to have had that be the entire season, you know, and I think it might have been interesting, but a part of me is like, I would have missed the fun. I would have missed the fun. I would have missed the fun and I would have missed the characters having fun and stuff like that. And kind of the, you know, the not, you know, you know, the not season long arc. I missed the one. I would have missed the one off episodes, but it is a great two parter. Um, Also, I wouldn't even necessarily. Yeah. We kind of got a dark, Trek. I wouldn't even want to. I don't even want to say DS not as dark Trek, but you know, it's like a themes are a serious little bit Trek. Serious, right? We are. We kind of excuse yeah. me. We already kind of got that with yeah. DS Nine. I don't really want to see. Like you're right. It would have. We kind of would have missed out on. Maybe we would have missed out on the Doctor and Seven of Nine singing. Yeah, show some things. of the weirder stuff some of the weirder stuff in there um but yeah i i you know we could probably keep talking about it forever and i'm surprised honestly at how long we've been able to talk <laughs> about about voyager here kind of like mostly with nothing but love um oh, you know one thing, uh, uh, one thing i do yeah. have to say that i wanted to open up with actually um i my favorite favorite theme song uh main title of any star trek show i love voyagers 
I love Voyager it. does have a great opening credits, honestly. I, I did kind of forget that they do have a really good opening credits uh, sequence. Um, up there, I'd say, with, with Next Generation. Yeah, Next Generation. Uh, they have DS9. a good one. I mean, Voyager yeah. just sounds like... I mean, some people that are like technical, like they're like, oh, that planet is way too small that they fly past <laughs> or they fly through. I'm like, fuck you. But... It sounds like the sh- it sounds like the theme of the show. The song sounds like a journey or a voyage, right? Yeah, because it's very it adventuristic, does. kind of heroic. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's, I it, love it, it. It is like a throwback to '60s Trek, and I think yes. in ways that work, and in 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 both ways. Because if you watch all of '60s Trek, if you watch the original series too, it's uneven. There are episodes that don't work. There's weird stuff. They're trying odd stuff, and Voyager does feel maybe the most like that, for better and for worse. For worse. Um, and so, like you know, if people haven't watched it, I think you'll you know listening to us, you know you'll. You won't be surprised to hear that I would say to watch it, you know, watch uh, it. to give it watch a watch. It. Watch all of 90s Trek. Watch all of, for lack of a better term, Berman Trek. Um, and yeah, so uh, it's a great time. Um, and Aaron, thanks for coming on to, oh, yeah. to talk about this. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I love talking. I love talking Star Trek. And uh, yeah, and I maybe we'll come back and do an Enterprise episode oh, at some sure. point or or maybe when you get through original series we can talk about that too or the movies honestly the original movies are really good and, and weird too I, I did see what's what's the one that everybody loves what's the original movie that two Wrath of Khan Wrath of Khan Wrath of Khan it's great it is great I actually am a defender of number one as well really? especially the especially the director's cut of number one <laughs> I think it actually it does have a kind of weird sci-fi plot that I think is interesting and it's got some great special effects we have to remember that this was the first time we ever saw the enterprise like rendered like it was out of 2001 you know what i mean like before that it was all 60s you know stuff anyway Mm -hmm. the movies are great everything we love star trek all star trek is great aaron you know uh, where can people find you other than on these sesh trek episodes oh yeah people can find me at borg posting uh talking about the borg borg posting (laughs) Uh, where I just really just post sci-fi right now. I talk about other shit sometimes too. But people can also check out uh, the Trillbillies. Well, that That's podcast right. and everybody loves communism. Uh, begging people to check that one out, uh, especially if you like space. I have an episode coming up where we interviewed an author of Space Forces who talks about uh, Fred Sharman, who writes about the history uh, of space colonization exploration. So oh, hell uh, yeah, hop over there and check that out. And Jack, check it out. Jack, thank you so much, man. Uh, for having oh me yeah on, thanks man. for coming thanks on again. yeah thanks uh thanks for coming on uh and everybody uh at home you know uh keep watching star trek and we'll, we'll talk to you again another time Bye. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.